Thank you, guys. Well, if you brought your copy of God's Word, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, familiar passage of Scripture. I want us to look at verse 23 through 33. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Verse 23 through 33. Paul teaching on the Lord's Supper. God's Word says, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthingly shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. And let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread, and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we judge or would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. There are two ordinances of the church, baptism and the Lord's Supper. We're blessed today to be able to observe and participate in both of these ordinances. At the beginning of our service, we rejoiced with Jessica as she identified with Christ in believer's baptism. Now, just make a little note. Her baptism didn't save her. Now, it's only Christ that can save a person. It's only Christ that can save and, and nothing else or no one else. The water didn't have special power to spiritually cleanse her and to wash away any sin. I remember on one occasion after a baptism, a person, an elder gentleman said to me, there were a lot of sins went down that drain. No, no sins went down the drain. That was taken care of before the baptism. Only the blood of Jesus can wash away or cover and remove sin or sin stain. Jessica was baptized simply to identify with Christ Jesus. 
she did so, first of all, to, to confess her master. She has a master to confess. Not only Jessica, but all who follow the Lord in believers' baptism. We have a master to confess. I have to confess that I belong to him. I do that in my baptism and other ways. I confess I belong to him. I confess that I'm buried with him. His death had my name on it also. But not only did his death have my name, but I confess that I was raised with him. His resurrection had my name on it also. One day I'll be raised like unto Christ Jesus. And so it's confessing that I belong to him and I've been buried with him and I've been raised with him. And then it's also confessing that God is working in my life. Um, it's God worketh in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure, the scripture says. So I belong to Jesus. Jessica belongs to Jesus. Prayerfully, you belong to Jesus. And because of that, we have a master to confess. And we begin that through our baptism or with our baptism. But not only does she have a master to confess, but she has a message to proclaim. Now, she may not have been aware just a few minutes ago. You may not have been aware, but in that baptism service, she was proclaiming a message. She was proclaiming the gospel message that Jesus came, and he came for a purpose. The angels told the shepherds, today a Savior is born to you, which is Christ the Lord. He came for a purpose. He came to be our Savior. He came to die on the cross for my sins and your sins, and they crucified Jesus, and they, they, they humiliated Jesus. They nailed him to the cross, put a crown of thorns, mocked Jesus, did everything they could possibly to Jesus, and then Jesus died on the cross as a supreme sacrifice for my sins and for your sins. She was given testimony in her baptism that Jesus came and Jesus died and Jesus was buried. But then when she came up out of the water on the third day, she's sharing testimony and a message that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead on the third day, ascended to the Father, and one day he's coming back. And so as a new believer and as we as believers, we have a master to proclaim and we have a message to proclaim. A message to confess, a, a, a message to proclaim. <clears throat> but then we come to the Lord's Supper. One year ago today, really it's the January the 26th, be tomorrow, 2014, <clears throat> I began to, to teach a study on Come to the Table, which was an in-depth Bible study by Claude King on preparing to take the Lord's Supper. Now, there are a number of biblical terms that refer to the Lord's Supper. You'll find it's referred to in Acts 2 as the breaking of bread. 
1 Corinthians 10 as the blessing and communion. 1 Corinthians 10, 21, the Lord's table. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 20, you have the Lord's supper. And then in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, you have it referred to as the Thanksgiving meal or the Eucharist. And the word Eucharist uh, is a Greek word which means Thanksgiving. And so the Lord's Supper is referred to by many names. However, we prefer to use the term the Lord's Supper. So this morning, I'd like for us to consider before we partake of the Lord's Supper, I'd like for us to consider the purpose of the Lord's Supper, the people of the Supper, and the preparation of the Supper. First of all, I want us to think just briefly about the purpose of the Lord's Supper. Now, why do we partake of the Lord's Supper? Why do we partake of the Lord's Supper? Well, first, make a, a note, as you did, about baptism. The Lord's Supper has no power to bring salvation. Don't be misled. Now, there are some today who teach the doctrine of transubstantiation. And transubstantiation is a doctrine that teaches the bread and the juice, the wine, actually turns into the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, grace is induced in us when we partake of it. Then there is consubstantiation, which it doesn't literally uh, turn into the blood and the body of Christ, but it it takes on a a holy character. There's something special about it. Now, they base that belief that when one is given the elements then that, that induces the grace of God onto, or into their life, into their body, thus into their life. And when they receive the Lord's Supper, with that in mind, that is a false impression that you have to participate in the Lord's Supper in order to be saved, lest you'd forfeit the grace of God. But the Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself, not of works, least any man should boast. And so as Baptists today, we see the Lord's Supper as as important ordinance of the church, which symbolically teaches the death of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that was made for us for our salvation. So when a person comes to Christ and believes on Him, at that very moment, we receive the benefits of His body and His blood that was offered at the cross. Doesn't necessarily, it doesn't come at the Lord's Supper. It comes at the moment that you trust Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. For by grace are you saved. Through faith. That not of yourself. Not of works. Least any man should boast. So what is the purpose of the Lord's Supper? Well, keep in mind, look at chapter 11, verse 24. It says, And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Verse 25, the cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it, in remembrance of me. And so the Lord is encouraging the body of Christ to remember what he did for them, or for us, or for the whole world on the cross. Do this in remembrance of me. And because of our worldliness, and because at times we grow casual in our faith, we grow cold, we grow indifferent toward the Lord Jesus, the Lord knew that it was our human nature that we would eventually at times draw away from him. And so he says, remember me, do this in remembrance of me. He told the church in Revelation chapter 2, this I have against you, you have left your first love. And so from time to time, we're to come together and we're to do this to remember him and what he did for us. Because we love him. And at times our love waxes cold. Why, you know, why do you serve the Lord? You serve the Lord, you attend church. Why, why do you do the things that we do? Do we do that really because we love Him? We dealt with this Wednesday night, past Wednesday night. Do we do it because to receive the praise of men or for prestige or position or reputation or it's just something that has to be done at the church and we go ahead and do it? Or do we actually do it because we love the Lord? See, the point is that if your service for God is not born out of passion for the Lord Jesus, then your service and my service is worthless. It must be out of love for Him. How would, you, how would you rate the warmth of your love for Christ today? Let's have a little test. On a scale from 1 to 10, are you hot for Christ? In other words, hot meaning I, can, I, I, I am deeply in love with my Savior as you were when you were first saved. Or perhaps you're warm. I feel close, but I've really been closer. Or perhaps you're lukewarm. I just go through the motions of faithfulness, but I can't say I have uh, much passion for Jesus. Or maybe you're just cold. I'm pretty distant from Christ. I'm, I'm indifferent to Christ. Well, today the Lord's Supper provides the believer the opportunity to be restored to a, to a deeper love for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So as we remember the blessings of His crucified life, in which we were the benefactors, pray that our love will be stronger for Him today. What's the purpose? Well, it's a time for the people of God to come together, to confess, repent of their sins, to renew their covenant relationship with Him, to faithful obedience. Well, what about the people of the Lord's Supper? I'm about finished. The people of the Lord's Supper. Well, the believer, the person who by faith has trusted Christ to be his Lord and Savior, or her Lord and Savior. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till he comes. Speaking to the church. Chapter 11, look at verse 23. 
For I have received of my Lord that which I also delivered unto you, that the Lord the same night in which it was betrayed took bread and gave thanks and break it and said, Take eat. So it's the church, the body of Christ. Turn back one chapter and you'll see 1 Corinthians 10, verse 17. Listen, listen to it. For we, being many, are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that one bread. So we're, he's speaking the people of the Lord's Supper is the church, the body of Christ. Here's the point. The Lord's Supper is a church ordinance. Church ordinance. It centers around the community of faith, the body of believers. Let's say if Judy and I got up and said, hey, I believe we'll just take the Lord's Supper together this morning before we start our day. Well, that may sound good, but it's not biblical. It's a church ordinance. It's for the church as they come together. Well, what's the preparation? Paul gives a warning. Look at verse 29, 1 Corinthians 11. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthingly, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. That's pretty serious stuff. So he gives a warning. So the question is, what does he mean by unworthy? Being unworthy. Well, there's, there's a warning in that word not to treat the Lord's Supper in a ritualistic way. If you're not careful, you can just go through the motions without going through the emotions of what Christ went through. It's over. Untouched by it. What difference does the Lord's Supper make after you partake of the Lord's Supper? Has it changed your life in it? And so there's a warning not to treat the Lord's Supper in just a ritualistic way. And if you're not careful, you'll go through the motions without experiencing the emotion of what Christ did for you. Here's the point. If a believer comes and partakes with anything less than love for Christ and other believers, he comes unworthy. So today we want to be worthy guests of the Lord's Supper. I'm reminded of a little girl. She was in a congregation and a preacher was preaching and he talked about being unworthy and he talked about uh, drinking and eating condemnation, condemnation to yourself. And, and, and so as the plate was getting closer, she just kind of scooted a little closer to her mom and and finally, the plate was getting pretty close, and she leaned over to her mom, and she says, Mom, I'm sorry for you getting mad at me. The, uh, I'm sorry that I got mad at you for disciplining me the other day. And then she just felt relieved, and, and the plate was getting closer. Then the mom noticed that the plate, and she leaned over to her daughter, and she said, I'm sorry that I got upset when I disciplined you the other day. And they were both able to take the Lord's Supper in a good spirit. You see, the purpose, you know, the purpose 
is to remember. The preparation is to make sure we come as worthy guests. You say, well, what about, what about the people? Well, first of all, just ask yourself, am I, in the, am I of the faith? Am I in the faith? Does the Spirit bear witness with you that you're saved? Romans 8, verse 16. If he doesn't, if you're not a Christian, then you're not. The Lord's Supper's not for you. Are you keeping his commandments? In other words, do you obey Christ? 1 John 2, 3 through 6. Is there evidence of the Holy Spirit in your life? 1 John 3, verse 24. And so am I in the faith? And then ask, have I confessed and repented of my sin? The Bible says to judge yourself. We need to judge ourselves to keep God from judging us. So you have the purpose, and you have the participants, and then you have the preparation. We're fixing to partake of the Lord's Supper, and if you're here today and you are a Christian, you may not be a member of Mountain View Church, Baptist Church, but we invite you and we encourage you to partake of the Lord's Supper with us. But prior to us serving the Lord's Supper, I'd like for you to spend just a moment in reflection as we prepare to be worthy to take the meal together.